Everybody online looking good. I'm kind of in the mood for some stimulating conversation. Start sequence. Five, four, three, two, one. And now, Christian Talk. Get in on the discussion now. Lines are open. And now, here's your host, Richie L. And I've got a couple of websites for you, ChristianTalkThatRocks.net or ChristianTalkThatRocks.com. Live on your email address is TalkToRichiel at gmail.com, T-A-L-K-T-O-R-I-C-H-I-E-L at gmail.com, TalkToRichiel at gmail.com. Several ways to get this broadcast in a podcast format and location. Here's a handful, and by the way, the hyperlinks and banner links available at both websites. iHeartRadio, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, Spreaker, just to name a few. Flagship station WMVA, The Gold Rush, which can be found at WMVARadio.com. Also, uh, radio.net and odyssey.com. They rebroadcast Friday's show, today's show, actually, 10 a.m. to noon Eastern. Also, uh, newest affiliate, Net News Network and netnewsnetwork.net, where uh, hopefully this uh, this show will be up there available for you to download a little later on. They do take select episodes of this show. By the way, the Art Journalism site. And if you want real journalism, go check them out. Also being streamed live a little late today, but uh, normally about 2.06 p.m. Eastern to roughly 4 p.m. Eastern, Thunderous Radio. Thunderous Radio can also be found or searched at Xeno.fm, and the hyperlink's available at ChristianTalkThatRocks.netter.com, or you can go to uh, MyTuner.com, you can go to Streamiter.com, or you can go to Radio.net and just search Thunderous Radio. Look for the icon that's kind of bluish-black um, has a, kind of on one side some lightning bolts coming down, and on the other side it says Thunderous Radio, so just check that out. Today's show is going to be jam-packed <clears throat> with um, audio clips, C-SPAN <laughs> type audio clips from uh, a lot of hot stuff going on, shall we say, in the nation's capital. Uh, we'll get into some of the uh, censorship stuff uh, in terms of well, there are several lawmakers that seem to be for censorship to some degree or another. And that were grilling the daylights out of the uh, the journalists, who, by the way, were quote-unquote fairly liberal journalists, who looked through, looked over, and then sort of organized, if you will, the Twitter file dumps that took place um Oh, gosh, over the past several months, when, not too long after Elon Musk took over Twitter. And these are emails. I mean, these are correspondences between people within the bowels of Twitter and the leadership of Twitter and, for example, the FBI, the White House, et cetera, et cetera. And there's more than ample evidence, beyond ample evidence, that this was an attempted at censorship by proxy from many of these agencies. And in fact, in some cases, just blatant direct censorship from the White House. In fact, you'll hear Jim Jordan read actually um, an email sent to the heads of Twitter to pull down a tweet by a sitting member of Congress, a senator actually, to flag it and try to get rid of it. I mean, this again is censorship or at least censorship by proxy. 
which again is still censorship, by the way. I have I have never in my lifetime, I've been around a few years, I've never in my lifetime witnessed such a government assault on free speech as I think that has gone on in the past, I would say, 20 to 25 years, and especially in the past three or four years. I mean, it's just gone up on steroids. It's just blatant now. I mean, there's just no, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You will also hear a sitting member of Congress, of the House of Representatives, tell you tell you that the First Amendment is not an absolute right. Yes, you cannot yell fire in a crowded theater, unless, of course, there is a fire. Yes, there are laws about defamation. But it is an absolute right. I guess it depends on the, the terminology you're, you're pouring into the word absolute. It is an absolute right. In fact, it's, it's a God-given right. None of these rights come from government. These people want you to think that they're, they're government rights, that you have to get permission slips. The journalists have to get certain kinds of permission slips from the government in order to uh, share certain things. It's not how it works. And in fact, you have the, the uh, non-abridgment clause, if you will, inside the First Amendment itself, which says, shall not be abridged. Freedom of speech, all that shall not be abridged. They want an abridgment. You're going to see on display the ignorance coming from lawmakers. Every one of them a Democrat. And I don't do the Democrat versus Republican on this show, but my God. Even uh, even Democrat Jonathan Turley has been shocked at what's come out in these hearings and how his, some of his fellow Democrats have, have acted. And uh, in just a bit, I'm going to let you hear. It's about a 13-minute clip. Uh, various members of Congress, you'll you'll probably recognize some of them, some of their uh, voices. Various members of Congress jumping on these journalists for daring to uh, report on these Twitter files, to examine, check the validity of these Twitter files, and they report on it, which is what Musk asked them to do. And most of them did it with little to no pay. I mean, they did it on their own time. In fact, had to hire people to help them because these these file dumps were so massive. So it, it took time out of their <clears throat> their own schedules and their own lives. Uh, but a, a, according to uh, uh, these folks, according to these folks, oh, no. No, no. Shouldn't have done that. You you were bad journalists for doing that. Shame on you. Shame on you. Um I, I again I've never seen any I've never seen any kind of of attack like this on um freedom of speech. In general, freedom of the press. Uh, this is, uh, in my opinion, unprecedented. And it begs the question, what's behind this? See, I'm always trying to look for the story behind this story. What the heck's behind this? What is behind this? Exposing Fed's weaponization against Americans underway with House hearing. 
taxpayers unwittingly financing a censorship industrial complex, being reported by Bob Unruh. Americans are losing, at least in part, their freedom of speech because of the vast censorship industrial complex that has developed under an agenda that has been adopted by um, many socialists and Democrats in Washington. This, this article says leftists. No, these are socialists. Forget left. This is socialist. This isn't a little bit left of center. This is heading towards Marxism. This is heading towards tyranny. Let's, call, let's start calling things what they are, gang. This is tyranny. We fought a revolution to get away from it. Right and left are, are, are not good. Uh, they're not appropriate monikers anymore. Either you're for constitutional freedoms or you're for tyranny. The middle of the road's vanishing. There, there's no there's no center in there. There's no gray area. Either you're either you're for let's get back to following the founding documents, or you're heading towards tyranny. Because when you break away from the founding documents, you're heading into the realm of tyranny. There's no middle ground there. It's one or the other. Americans are losing, at least in part, their freedom of speech because of the vast censorship industrial complex that has developed under an agenda that has been adopted by socialists or tyrants and, sadly, Democrats in Washington. The comments come from independent journalists who spoke with House Select Subcommittee on the weaponization of the federal government. Matt Taibbi and Michael Schellenberger were two of the reporters that were given access to the Twitter files, evidence from inside the social media company that documented how certain ideas and certain people were suppressed based on the agenda of the Washington Deep State. Uh, They appeared before the committee and recalled President Dwight Eisenhower's warning of a surging military complex that would one day endanger our liberties. Only their concern was the growing government efforts in concert with the vested interests in the private sector to monitor online speech to squelch disfavored views. According to a report from the Washington Times, quote, today American taxpayers are unwittingly financing the growth and power of a censorship industrial complex run by America's scientific and technological elite, which endangers our liberties and democracy. Schellenberger explained, quote, the Twitter files, state attorneys general lawsuits, and investigative reporters have revealed a large and growing network of government agencies, academic institutions, and non-government organ- uh, non-governmental organizations that are actively censoring American citizens, often without their knowledge, on a range of issues. The weaponization of the government already has been documented to include organized attacks by agencies such as the FBI, the Department of Justice on parents, on conservatives, on Catholics, on pro-lifers and more, including the vast scheme that was orchestrated against President Trump before and while he was in office. Uh, Taibbi on social media called out the web of censorship that features online speech monitoring programs, including those run by private groups that had direct access to Twitter's insider operations. Quote, this ultimately is the most serious problem with the censorship industrial complex, Taibbi reported, according to the Times report. Packaged as a bulwark against lies and falsehoods, it is itself often a major source of disinformation with American taxpayers funding their own estrangement from reality. Uh, Joe Biden even tried to assemble a government disinformation governance board, which was quickly dropped from his plans when its agenda was revealed. The Twitter files largely are from the platform's agenda before it was purchased by Elon Musk, who has since sought to restore a semblance of free speech there, but Taby testified that he found Twitter, Facebook, Google, and other tech companies had been using a formal system for taking in moderation requests from every corner of government. 
People of all political persuasions were under threat from that, he said. The First Amendment in the American population, accustomed to the right to speak, is the best defense left against the censorship industrial uh, complex. He wanted to say if there's anything that Twitter files show is that we are in danger of losing this most precious right, without which all democratic rights are impossible. Again, I keep saying that the First Amendment is the linchpin amendment. It's the First Amendment for a reason, because our founders considered it the, the most important amendment. They're not in order just because of, you know, any, many, money, mo. They're in order because the, our founders believed that right of thought, right of religion, right of free speech are bedrocks to all other rights. If you don't have those, the rest of it kind of, what's the point? The rest of it kind of comes unglued. This is why there's been a huge attack on the Bill of Rights, and especially the First Amendment. I mean, both the First and Second have been hammered, but especially now we're seeing uh, a go-after of the First Amendment. Because if, because if you lose the right to speak against, uh, to speak against and speak to power, if you lose that right, then they get the opportunity. The, the, the only narrative that is is shared is theirs. Now that's how it works in totalitarian regimes. That's pretty much the way it works in Iran. That's pretty much the way it works uh, in North Korea. Only Kim Jong Un's perspective is the one that's loud. Yours needs you know you need to shut up. That's the way it is in in many dictatorships. That's how they operate. You see. We, we, we view no other views as acceptable but ours coming from the government. Well, that was what the First Amendment was intended to be a bulwark against so that government types could not squelch freedom of speech either directly or indirectly, as is most of the cases that are outlined here. It, it's, it's, against, it's against the law. It's, it, it violates the First Amendment. It's a violation of your civil rights. Let's pause here. Um, I'll take a quick break, share a little more, and then uh, I'm going to let you hear some more of this. Um, uh, I'm going to let you hear actually all of what, well, not all, the, the entire thing, but select portions, but they're not edited. They're very lengthy so that you can hear this stuff in context. You can hear what these some of these idiotic lawmakers were saying and how they were acting, which was absolutely ridiculous, absolutely like a bunch of uh, fifth graders. And see how the sausage was made here. Okay? And I think you may be troubled and appalled all at the same time. I hope you are, actually. By which some of the... Is, is it just complete wackiness and ball-faced lies that you're going to hear coming from some of these lawmakers pounding on these two journalists. Who, by the way, are actually quite liberal journalists. These aren't right-wingers. Okay? If you want to use the left and the right, I don't like to use that because they're in a, they just aren't... They, they're irrelevant now. We're past all that. But for argument's sake, these are not uh, quote-unquote conservative journalists. All right? Take a break. But they're being acted, they're being treated as, uh, as if they're traitors of some sort to democracy. And you virtually will hear those words in these clips. Back with more as Christian Talk That Rocks continues. More talk continues next with Richie L. More Christian talk that rocks next. Needing a tuxedo? Why rent when you can buy one at only $89.99 at Suit City? Suit City has tuxedos, Steve Harvey suits, and blazers. 
And suits starting at $39.99. Shoes starting at $19.99 with brands such as Stacy Adams and more. At Suit City, we have all your accessories, hats, ties, and a wide variety to suit your needs. On any occasion, Suit City will have you looking your best. Suit City has pastor robes, men's suits, and dress suits, blazers plus men's shirts. Why rent a tuxedo when you can buy at Suit City at only $89.99? Visit our website at SuitCityUSA.com. That's SuitCityUSA.com. SuitCityUSA.com. Look your best with tuxedos and suits at Suit City with stores in Collinsville, Danville, and Roanoke. Hi, I'm Danny Ilo. You may know me as an actor, but one of the things that I'm most proud of is my service to this country. In the Army, I saw firsthand how training and discipline instill a value that create great leadership abilities and a can-do spirit. Those same strong values stay with service members when they return to civilian life and enter the workplace. So remember to hire smart and bet on a vet. To learn more, call 888-44-SALUTE or visit saluteheroes.org. Due to the strong Christian views, factual subject matter, and truthful content, this show may not be suitable for certain wimps, weenies, or crybabies. Lester discretion is advised. Here's your host, Richie L. Uh, so these... Uh Several Democrats trying to defend this whole censorship thing and actually attack the journalists in a fiery hearing. In other words, you don't like the message, uh, just attack the messengers. <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't like what was in those Twitter files, so let's attack the people who just simply kind of checked them out to see if they were legit and threw them out there. You don't like the message, shoot the messenger, right? That's pretty much what this is, and it's absurd. And, and it shows that there's something that they're trying to hide. Now, I'm going to give you my assessment of what I believe is actually going on here, why they're circling the wagons in such a ludicrous or ridiculous way. But this being reported by Joel B. Pollock, Breitbart.com, House Democrats attempted to def- defend social media censorship at a hearing of the new U.S. House Select Subcommittee for the Weaponization of Federal Government on Thursday, this was yesterday on Twitter Files, led by ranking member Stacey Plaskett, uh, who's a Democrat, by the way, uh, her and her colleagues assailed journalists Matt Taibbi and Michael Schellenberger, both uh, both Democrats accusing them of ulterior motives and even asking them to reveal their sources. Asking them to reveal their sources. Using the reclaim my time tactic they pioneered when questioning the Attorney General William Barr in 2020, which, by the way, is not within Rogers' rules of orders. Pulling that out there, you know what. Democrats prevented the witnesses from responding to their personal attacks and grandstanding. In fact, in one particularly shocking exchange, former Democratic National Committee Chair Representative Debbie Wasserman Schultz appeared to attack the practice of journalism itself, holding the idea of earning money for, including the idea of earning money for reporting. You know, reporters aren't supposed to earn money. Apparently, journalists should not make a living at it. Only a lawmaker would come up with something that stupid. Another memorable moment came when Representative Daniel S. Goldman, a Democrat from New York, who promoted the Russia collusion hoax and served as head as lead counsel for Representative Adam Schiff uh, on the uh, House Intelligence Committee impeachment investigation of then-President Donald Trump, claimed falsely that the government had never actually told Twitter to remove any lawful speech from the platform. That was a bald-faced lie. Uh, Subcommittee Chair Jim Jordan, a uh, Republican from Ohio, immediately showed Goldman the proof. 
one member was heard to say boom. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, it's kind of comical in a way, but sad all at once. That's why I'm going to play here in just a bit the entire uh, thing for you. Representative Sylvia Garcia, Democrat from Texas, appeared determined to find out who Taibbi and Schellenberger's sources were. Along the way, she admitted she did not know what Substack is and accused journalists of having a threesome. We'll figure that one out. Uh, TB delivered a defense of freedom of speech, noting that it protects hate speech, which it, the Supreme Court actually determined about, what, five years ago, I think in 2018, that there is no hate speech clause in the First Amendment. And in fact, hate speech is protected speech and the right to be wrong. Observers were shocked by uh, the Democrats' evident hostility to the First Amendment. George Washington University legal scholar Jonathan uh, uh, Turley uh, t- tweeted, quote, I never thought I would come to see th- this day when, and he's a, he's a Dem, by the way, he's a Democrat, come to see th- this day when Democrats trash journalists for seeking to disclose government censorship work and pressing them for their sources and confidential information. Well, the sources were the Twitter files. I mean, come on. The subcommittee fulfills a key Republican, uh, but uh, Turley's right, the subcommittee fulfills a key Republican election pledge to investigate the federal government's use or abuse of law enforcement and intelligence resources to censor free speech online and in the main stink media, my words, and to undermine President Donald Trump and his supporters. I'm not so much worried about the Donald Trump uh, angle to this thing, but look, any and everybody, I don't care if you're a Democrat or Republican, should be against government censorship. Regardless of whose party or whose guy in the White House or gal in the White House, as case may be, it may benefit. That's beyond the... But see, we have these parties playing these games and have for a long time. But now this stuff has come to a head and a boiling point. And it's, it's, it's way past time for a pushback against this sort of thing. And this has got to be nipped now. This has got to be nipped now. The government doesn't give you these rights. In fact, the Bill of Rights doesn't even give you these rights. The Bill of Rights simply codifies these rights. All right? They doesn't give them to you. It codifies them. Our founding fathers believe that these are rights granted from God or given by God. They're God-given. They're not government-given or man-given. Now, if you're an atheist or what have you, then you would at least have to uh, uh, submit to rights at common law, if you want to use that phrase. But these are these are inherent rights. They're not given as privileges by government. If you've got to go crawling to the government for permission, like I shared uh, Wednesday on this show, I think it was, you've got to go crawling to the government for permission. Like down in Florida, this there's a Repub- Republican lawmaker who wants bloggers to register their blogs with the government or else pay fines. Really? Do we need to start doing that with podcasts? Because if you've got to register your right of free speech with the government, it's no longer a right. If you've got to re- uh, register your right to freedom of the press with the government, it's no longer a right. It's permission slip. And you are no longer a citizen. You're a subject. And those who govern over you are no longer elected governors. They're, they're, they're kings and lords and princes and princesses. They become rulers, no, uh, royal rulers. They become dictators. There's a difference between a citizen and a subject. Under King George, we were subjects. We are now citizens. And as citizens, we, we, inherit, we, we inherit certain rights. These are bestowed upon us, not by government. 
but by the fact we are citizens. In fact, we are ultimately the ones who rule. Uh, Olanis Abe said that we are a government of the people, by the people, and for the people. Not a government um, by by the, the, the lawmakers, of the lawmakers, and for the lawmakers. That's not what we are. And these people are power hungry, and the power has gone straight to their brains and caused some kind of a malfunction, as you're going to hear. We are in dangerous times, gang. Very dangerous times. Let me uh, go to break. When we come back, I'm going to play this very lengthy clip for you. I think you may find pretty astounding. I think you should anyway, but I'm not going to tell you what to think. think. Think on your own, but... We've got more Christian talk that rocks still to come. Hang tight. Hey, what's up? This is Toby Mack with the five loves of a Jesus freak. Write them down. Hide them in your heart. Here they are. Love God. Love his word. Love your enemies. Love your neighbor. Love truth. Sound easy? Not likely. If all that does come too easy for you, you're probably not working hard enough. On the other hand, these five loves should become second nature to any authentic Jesus freak. If you let God's grace soften your heart. One more time, love God, love his word, love your enemies, love your neighbor, love truth. Amen. Jesus Freaks Radio is brought to you by DC Talk, the voice of the martyrs, and this station. Welcome to The Truth Today. What is truth? What does your church teach? What are you willing to learn and turn around? Find out on The Truth Today. Today's reading from 1 John chapter 1. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. You're home. You pick up the Bible. You carry it to church. You hold it in your hand. You read verses from it. But do you follow it? Do you obey it? This has been Truth Today. Okay, I'll let you hear this clip in just a moment. Um, I don't think it requires any more setup. I think I've already set it up for you pretty well, but it is a bit lengthy. It's roughly 13 minutes, and we'll play it in its entirety. These are these are uh, several clips sort of strung together, but they're in context. So it's not, you know, where somebody's gone in and edited or whatever. They're straight off of C-SPAN, by the way. So C-SPAN just tends to run these things just as is. And there may be reruns of this if, if you're, well... If you're a C-SPAN fan, <laughs> and you're in a rare breed if you are, but if you are, you can go, uh, sometimes they play these reruns late at night and run things, you know, so you might actually see some of this stuff 
uh, being replayed. A lot of times they'll they'll replay things on a twenty four forty eight hour cycle. Or they'll replay junk over the weekend too. You know, what what? Because most of the times those chambers are empty on, on the weekends. Not much going on unless you want to see just a camera shot of the janitor cleaning up. So let me let you hear these, and they are in context. They are uh, you'll you'll probably chuckle at times. You'll probably scream at times. You may go what? Um, but you'll you'll hear it. Uh, so let me let this uh, rip, and uh, you know, judge for yourself. And I'm not exaggerating when when I say that you have called before you two witnesses who pose a direct threat to people who oppose them. This is Stacy Plaskett, by it's the way. It's funny when people have to go through that. Crazy way. Exactly. This is unacceptable. I'm ready for it. I don't know if a lot of other people are. But just as it was unacceptable for Kevin McCarthy to provide 41,000 hours of sensitive security footage to a biased talking head in an effort to rewrite what happened on January 6th. This is a new Republican playbook, apparently. Risk American safety and security to score political points. The gentlelady's words should be struck. We do not accuse witnesses of threatening others. That is out of line and outside the rules of this committee. You don't get to determine what's struck down. You do do get an opening statement, and it's about about over. We know this is because at the first hearing, the chairman claimed that big government and big tech colluded to shape and mold the narrative and suppress information and censor Americans. This is a false narrative. We're engaging in false narratives here, and we are going to tell He's the He's the one engaging in the I false narrative. Gentlelady uh, yields back. I would just point out the consent decree was in our report. We offered your staff also the opportunity to review the FTC letters. You have not come over to review those letters. Third, the idea that I believe both of these individuals who are getting ready to testify, I believe they're both Democrats. The idea that two journalists who Did happen to be Did you not give that right. offer at 8 o'clock last I'm night? Now. Your time was, rec- uh, was uh, ended uh, Neither of ago. us are in time. I don't think they're here to help us politically. I think they're here to ha- tell us the truth. And oh, by the way, the first FTC letter to Twitter after the first set of Twitter files, the very first question was who are the journalists you're talking to? And you guys don't care. You don't care. You, you, care don't, want the, the you don't want the 2011 people to see. Decree? You don't want the American people to see what happened. The full video. Transparency. You don't want that. And you don't want two journalists see, who have been named personally by the Biden administration, Central FTC, speech. in a letter. The Biden administration. And you're saying is they're here the to help FTC. us. They're here to tell their story. And frankly, yeah, I think the they're brave one. individuals for being willing to come after they've been named in a letter from the Biden FTC. Is this your question time now? No, I'm responding to your ridiculous oh. statements you made in your in your opening statement. Okay, well let's get on with it. Oh, now we want to get on with it. So you I can did. say all the things you want. And I, point I did out in the my facts. opening statement as well as you had an opening statement. My wife you and I have never argued like this. You said what you needed to say in your opening statement, and I, as the ranking member, have Without used objection, my time. Without objection, all other opening statements will be included in the record. We will introduce today's witness, Matt Taibbi. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Mr. Taibbi, I, I want to ask about journalistic ethics and information sources. The Society of Professional Journalists Code of Go Ethics asserts Washington that journalists Charles, should avoid political activities that can compromise integrity or credibility. Being a Republican witness today certainly casts a cloud over your ob- objectivity. But a deeper concern that I have relates to the Let's ethics of how death. journalists receive and present certain information. Journalists should avoid accepting spoon-fed, cherry-picked information if it's likely to be slanted, incomplete, or designed to reach a foregone, easily disputed, or invalid conclusion. 
Would you agree with that? I think it's. I think it depends. Really? You you wouldn't agree that a journalist should avoid spoon-fed, cherry-picked information if it's likely to be slanted, incomplete, or designed to reach a foregone, easily disputed, or invalid conclusion? Mrs. Con uh, Congresswoman, I've done probably a dozen stories involving whistleblowers. Every reported story that I've ever done across three decades involves sources who have motives. Every time you do a story, you're making a, a, a balancing test okay. between the public Reclaiming interest. my time. Thank you very much. Okay. I ask you this because before you became Elon Musk's hand-picked journalist, so, and pardon the oxymoron, you stated this on Joe Rogan's podcast about being spoon-fed information, and I quote, I think that's true of any kind of journalism, and you'll see it behind me here. I think that's true of any kind of journalism. Once you start getting handed things, then you've lost. They have you at that point, and you've got to get out of that habit. You just can't cross that line. Do you still believe what you told Mr. Rogan, yes or no? Yes or no? Yes. Good. Now, you crossed that line with the Twitter files. No. Elon Musk, it's my time. Please do not interrupt me. Alaska Please do not interrupt Your Majesty. Spoon-fed. Washington Schultz. Elon Musk, spoon-fed. the giggling in there. Cherry-picked information, which you must have suspected promotes a slanted viewpoint or at the very least generates another right-wing conspiracy theory. You violated your own standard and you appear to have benefited from it. Before the release of, emails in, of the emails in August of last year, you had 661,000 Twitter followers. After the Twitter files, your followers doubled, and now it's three times what it was last August. I imagine your Substack readership, which so? is a subscription, increased significantly because of the work that you did for not Elon necessarily. Musk. Now, I'm not asking you to put a dollar figure on it, but it's quite obvious that you've profited from the Twitter files. You hit the jackpot on that Vegas on slot machine to which you referred. Paid. That's true, isn't it? I've also reinvested You've made a some No, 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 no. Is it true that you have profited since you were you were this recipient of the Twitter files? You've made money. Yes or no? I Very think it's probably question. a wash, honestly. No, nope. you've you, you have made money that you did not have before, correct? But I've also spent money that I didn't have okay. before. I just hired a whole I, I, group of people to invest. Patently obvious answer, reclaiming my time. Attention is a powerful drug. He's not taking your Eyeballs, time, you wish. money, prominence, attention. All of it points to problems with accuracy and credibility. And the larger point, which is social media companies are not biased against conservatives. And if anything, they ignored their own policies by allowing Trump and other MAGA extremists to ah, post incessant go. lies, endangering public safety. All, and even all roads our go democracy. back to Trump, right? The hypocrisy man. is the hangover of an Original addiction sin. to attention. Now, I want to point out another, another alleged finding from the Twitter files. Mr. Schellenberger, you've referenced several times this $3.4 million that the FBI paid to Twitter in 2020 that was referenced in General Counsel Jim Baker's email. I first want to confirm that nowhere in the email does Baker say that the money was paid to censor information, take down posts, suspend accounts, or do anything to, to relating to content moderation. Is that correct? It is. Thank you. But honest reporting would have explained that the $3.4 million was paid to release information, not censor it. One of my colleagues on this panel repeated your distortions and told Americans this reimbursement was used to, quote, censor certain stories. That's a flat-out lie. Mr. Schellenberger, are you aware of Section 2706 under the Stored Communications Act? It says when social media companies comply with subpoenas, warrants, or court orders, it costs them money, so they get reimbursed. 
the FBI makes these requests and reimbursements to discover evidence then run relevant to a com- criminal Often without warrant, Let which is a violation that. of the Fourth Amendment. The FBI makes these requests to help catch the bad guys. That helps Often keep child warrant. predators off social media sites. She leaves that part it helps keep violent criminals off our streets. I support the FBI and our law enforcement agencies. It would be nice if our Republican colleagues did the same and not fabricate explanations for pavements that are defined for clear purposes in federal law. My time is just about wrapped up. May I respond? The truth is that social media yep. companies are unregulated monoliths. They pose danger to individuals. They allow posts that bring harm, and that's the bottom line. That so we need this, to censor. The other side will not tell you. I yield back the balance of my time. Um, generally had no time to yield back, but I will let the gentleman, uh, Mr. Schellenberger, respond. And I would also point out that I did not say what Mr. The FBI Chairman, paid Twitter four. All I said was they paid Twitter three point four million dollars. Mr. Chairman, point of order. Mr. I didn't Schellenberg- ask. Mr. I didn't ask Mr. Schellenberger a question. Yeah, but he My wants to. The witness wants to respond, and the witness have been invited our guests, and frankly, they've been attacked by the federal government. Well, please government. do that. I, 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 I'm going to let Mr. Schellenberger answer that before recognizing Mr. Bishop. So, are you going to do that as we move down the the, the line of of questioners? Uh, the gentleman has not been recognized. You had your five minutes, and frankly, I think that's at the discretion of the chair. Uh, Mr. Schellenberger, you can respond briefly. I'll be brief, which is that my understanding from those files is that Twitter had decided not to take that money until recently. So if you read that email, uh, what Stasha, I believe, the person that sent it, is saying is that they started taking money after previously not taking it. And I believe that the reason that they had not taken it earlier was because they did not want that financial conflict clouding their relationship. Mr. Chairman, the money is payment under He's federal law order. so that they can the gentleman from North Carolina, Mr. Bishop, is recognized for five minutes. material that they've been asked. I thank the gentleman. The uh, Mr. Taibbi, uh, would you care to, I'm down here on this end, sir, uh, I'm, uh, would you care to respond to the attack on your ethics? You weren't given really an opportunity to answer. And if you'd be brief, I've got a bunch of stuff I want to ask you as well. Sure, just quickly, the, the, that moment on the Joe Rogan show, I was actually recounting a section from Seymour Hersh's book, Reporter, where he described a scene where the CIA gave him a story, and he was very uncomfortable. Uh, he said that I, who had always gotten the secrets, was being handed the secrets. It, look, again, I've done lots of whistleblower stories. There's always a balancing test that you make when you're given material, and you're always balancing newsworthiness versus the motives of your sources. In this case, the newsworthiness clearly outweighed any other considerations, and I think everybody else who worked on the project agreed. Doesn't it seem like any reporter who breaks a blockbuster story is going to get attention, and there may be even financial consequences that follow? It seems like as, as surely as the night follows the day, that's the case, right? That is true, although I would like to clear up you know, some things that have been misrepresented. Not one of us has actually been paid to do any of this work. We've all um, you know, traveled on our own. We've, uh, we've hired our personnel on our own. And I've just hired a, a pretty large team to investigate this issue yeah. uh, out of my own pocket. The fact that the attempt comes from the dais across the aisle to smear you, uh, you frankly, uh, I think liberals, if I understand that, uh, uh, in your background, you're both good liberals and you come in and the Democrats' hostility to what you've uh, undertaken is astonishing to behold, but it's part of the picture we're seeing. About Twitter, Twitter, and even with Twitter, you cannot find actual evidence of any direct government censorship of any lawful speech. 
And when I say lawful, I mean non-criminal speech because plenty I'll of give you speech one. is non-criminal. I'll give you one. Gentlemen's time to expire. I'd ask unanimous consent to enter into the record the following email from Clark Humphrey, Executive Office of the Presidency, White House Office, January 23rd, 2021. That's the Biden administration, 439 a.m. Hey, folks, this goes to um, Twitter. Hey, folks, wanted to use the term Mr. Mr. He used, they use the term Mr. Mr. Goldman just used. Wanted to flag the below tweet and I'm wondering if we can get moving on the process for having it removed ASAP. Boom. That is. Could you read the below tweet? And then if we can keep an eye out for tweets that fall in this same genre, uh, genre that would be great. This is a tweet on ve- the very issue that Ma- uh, Thomas uh, can you just, brought. For I the fullness of the record, can you re- re- uh, read the, because I've not seen this, can you read the tweet that it's referencing? I don't have yeah. a tweet here with me, but the uh, gentleman's shocking. point was, w- tell us, you said no time did government try to tell uh, Twitter to take that, to explicitly remove something. And No, I said explicitly says, remove lawful speech. Lawful speech. We're going to conflate. The First Amendment does not is not absolute. Twitter, this is something yeah, is. from Robert Kennedy Jr. But for so the record, I, I assume that's lawful speech. It's a point speech. of order, Mr. Chair. Because if Robert you, Kennedy Jr. said minute, it, that's why it's lawful well, speech. Minute, I'll look at the tweet All I'm saying Mr. is, you said no, at no time did the government explicitly say to take a tweet down. Here we have it, right here, Mr. from the Chair? White House. They they, did, they couldn't even wait two days. Two days into this administration, they were asked Twitter to Mr. take something Chair. down, and we will get you the underlying tweet. Thank With you. With that, I recognize the gentlelady from New if, York. If, will you place it into the record as well, sir? The underlying tweet? Robert Kennedy Jr. Uh, is talking about, uh, he's talking about Hank Aaron's death after he received the vaccine. That's. Well, it either is or he isn't. If you're telling me you can't answer because it's your source, well, then that only logical conclusion is that he is, in fact, your source. Well, you're free to conclude that. Well, sir, I just don't understand. You can't have it both ways, but let's move on. No, he can. He's a journalist. No, he can't because either Musk is the source and he can't talk about it or Musk is not the source. And if Musk is not the source, then he can discuss. No his one has yielded. The gentlelady's out of order. You don't and get to speak. And she's out of order because he's interrupted. The gentlelady's not recognized. The gentlelady's not recognized. You're not recognizing my time. He has not said that. I don't. But he has said is he's not going to reveal his source. And the fact that Democrats are pressuring him to do so is such an honor. We're asking him about his conversations with Musk. The gentlelady has not yielded you time. You don't. I have not yielded time to anybody. I want to reclaim my time, and I would ask the chairman to give me back some of the time because of the interruption. Mr. Chairman, I am asking you if you will give me the seconds that I lost. We will give you that 10 seconds. Thank you. Let's take a look at a couple of tweets from Kanye West, who now goes by Ye. At the time of these tweets, had 32 million followers. Mr. Chaibi, can you read the tweet on the left? Can you see the text there? I actually can't. My eyesight is not, is not so great. I'll read it to you. It says, I'm a bit sleepy tonight, but when I wake up, I'm going death. Con 3 on Jewish people, in all caps. The funny thing is, I actually can't be anti-Semitic because black people are actually Jew. Also, you guys have toured with me and tried to blackball anyone who ever opposes your agenda. And can you see the tweet next to it? I can, yes. It's a, would you describe it? It's a Star of David, the swastika in the middle of it? Yes. Should those tweets have been taken down by Twitter? I think it's a difficult question. Hate speech is protected in the United States. Um, one of my heroes Supreme growing up was much. the Ukraine-born author Isaac Babel. 
he gave a speech at the first Soviet Writers' Congress, and he was asked if any important rights had been taken away. And he sarcastically answered, no, the only rights that have been taken away are the right to be wrong. And the crowd laughed, but he was making an important point, which is that in a free country, you can't have freedom without the freedom to be wrong. That's right. Absolutely correct. See, these guys don't, these, uh, <laughs> these lawmakers don't get it. The constitutional ignorance on display is, is rather, well, it's somewhat astonishing, but to yours truly not really, because I've known this for a long time. And anybody who's been following these fools knows I could care less about the Constitution and try to reinterpret it every five minutes to pretty much comport with whatever agenda they're pushing. Back with more. Phone screen cracked? Oh, no. No problemo. Martinsville's premier store for all wireless repairs. Yes, it's Bono's Wireless. Certified technician for service on iPhone, Android, iPad, and tablets. Yes, all phones. Specializing in screen repairs. Bo has prepaid phones starting at $60 and unlimited prepaid services starting at just $30. They have carrier services on five different prepaid services from Verizon, Page Plus, Total Wireless, Net 10, and others. If you want your phone right, it's got to be done at Bo Knows Wireless. For repairs, buy, sell, and trade, it's Bo Knows Wireless. Stop in at 1620 Virginia Avenue across from Sports Lane in Martinsville. Call them at 638-6380. That's 638-6380. Bo Knows Wireless. Bo Knows Wireless. Knows Wireless. Hi, I'm Danny Ayala. You may know me as an actor, but one of the things that I'm most proud of is my service to this country. In the Army, I saw firsthand how training and discipline instill a value that create great leadership abilities and a can-do spirit. Those same strong values stay with service members when they return to civilian life and enter the workplace. So remember to hire smart and bet on a vet. To learn more, call 888-44-SALUTE or visit saluteheroes.org. Now, Governor Hochul Min, uh, that would be Governor Hochul of New York. I like to call her Hochul Min uh, because she seems to think that she's a, a dictator and a communist socialist dictator, and she kind of is. Uh, so I grant her that. So uh, Governor Hochul Min of New York uh, has promised to really give it, really give it to uh, the pharmacies that will not sell the abortifacient pill. She's really going to give it. And she has no problem with Walmart because, you know, you do have a Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. She has no problem with Walmart uh, not wanting to, Walmart Walmart stores there in uh, New York not wanting to sell rifles and ammunition and so forth. She's cool with that. She thinks that's actually a good thing. But by God, if you are a pharmacy, a pharmacy chain, Walgreens, and you decide that you're not going to sell uh, abortifacients, abortion pills, well, you know what? I'm bringing the boom down on you. Because that apparently is even a more important right than the Second Amendment. Holcher promises consequences if drugstores don't sell abortion pills. Pharmacies are the new battleground, she claims. The New York governor claimed she will go to the mat and protect abortion rights every inch of the way. Being reported by Gabrielle Hayes, Fox News, 
Hochul Men promises consequences if drugstores don't sell abortion pills. Uh, she threatened the Walgreens Corporation during a CNN interview, I'm going to let you hear the clip today, claiming that if a drugstore chain pulled the abortion drug, uh, it's called, um, I, th- I think it's called this, <laughs> I'll spell it, M-I-F-E-P-R-I-S-T-O-N-E. I think it's Mephepristone, Mephepristone, I guess. My my Fepperstone or my Fepperstone. I don't know. I've never heard it before. From pharmacy shelves in Nueva York, there would be consequences. Holchul's words came about a week after the company announced it would not be providing the abortifacient through its pharmacies in over 20 states. The drugstore chain's decision occurred after 20 uh, state uh, attorney generals sent the company a letter warning that using the mail to distribute abortion pills throughout the U.S. may be a violation of law. Missouri Attorney General Andrew Bailey, for example, who has led the effort, insisted that he and his GOP colleagues will use every tool at our disposal to uphold the law. Uh, let me let you hear the clip of Governor uh, Kathy Hochul Min and her uh, threat to... Walgreens, and this is on CNN this morning, this uh, today, earlier today, with Don Lemon. Uh, and she's, I mean, she's been pretty serious about it because she is, of course, her highness, the emperor, or empress, I guess I should say, but you know, maybe that's sexist. I'll just call her emperor, uh, Hochul Men of New York. As you state in your letter, abortion is legal in New York. So why send it to the pharmacies? We have to because basically pharmacies have become the new battleground ever since women's rights were stripped in the overturning of Roe v. Wade That's last June. So we want to make sure we send a States. preemptive message that despite the threats that you're receiving from Republican attorneys general, that here in states like New York, these rights are protected. We're going to go to the mat and protect them every inch of the way. And if they try to suspend the distribution of this important drug to women in the state of New York, there'll be consequences. But she has no problem regarding the Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms and, and Walmart, for example, and other stores saying we're not going to sell you ammunition or guns and or guns. That, that's all cool with her. But because uh, a particular chain, which I'm sure all the other ones are still doing it, but a particular chain decides it probably won't sell abortifacients, well, that's somehow some kind of violation of somebody's right somewhere else, and so she's going to take them to the map. This woman has not read her own state constitution, nor has she apparently read the U.S. Constitution. You cannot force, and it doesn't even work under the Commerce Clause of the, of the United States government, you cannot force a retailer to sell a particular product. You can't just sit there and say, you're going to sell this or else. You better sell this product or else. There's nothing in the New York State Constitution. There's nothing in the U.S. Constitution. So I don't know what standing she's going to try to take on this. I mean, your guess is as good as mine. I'm no attorney, but I can read the Constitution's. And I find nothing in the New York State Constitution gives her this kind of power. Uh, Although she thinks she has it. You see, ever since COVID, there's a whole lot of politicians that think that they're kings and queens and emperors and empresses. So Emperor Hocho Min uh, seems to be pretty pretty cool with the fact that she has some sort of a power 
uh, some sort of a divine power or something or the other. It's been bestowed upon her to force a retailer to sell a product that they choose not to sell, which is their right. They don't want to sell something. Okay, don't sell it. Uh, but she thinks she she can force them to sell it by, you know, some sort of I don't know, active legislation or she's going to rain down fire bolts on them from from heaven or I don't know something. <laughs> But this is the kind of lunacy. Uh, and this woman has engaged in this kind of lunacy in the past. Nothing new. You may recall how she got slapped down by the courts and then kind of changed her tune when it came to some gun laws. You might recall that to some extent. But this is Hochul Men at her finest, or maybe not so finest, as the case may be, however you want to look at it, uh, threatening. Again, this is an abuse of power. Local elections matter. Governors, who do you, who you vote for governor matters. Who you vote for a, a mayor of your city matters. Who you vote for state legislators matter. This is why, gang, it is so important to engage locally. Because these people have a tendency to rise up to the top and wind up becoming presidents and um, members of bureaucracies, uh, heads of departments in the federal government, uh, cabinet members. Senators, uh, House of Representatives, they tend to rise up to the top. See, if you don't nip them in the bud, if you don't nip the... Sh- See, when, when a weed is growing in your yard, it's a lot easier to get rid of those weeds when they're small, just when they're starting to kind of come up, than to wait when they're, they've taken over your yard. And then there's just almost too many. I mean, virtually have to kill all your grass to get rid of the weeds. So you gotta get you got to nip this stuff in the bud when it's local, when it's statewide, when it's local-wide, county-wide, city-wide. That's when you step in and nip this kind of tyranny in the bud, you see. Vote him out of office then. That's where the battlegrounds are, gang. It's not so much, it, it, well, it is to a certain extent with the federal government, but it's, it's, it's down low. That's where you've got to stop the tyranny. That's where you've got to stop the lunacy. And these power-hungry idiots like Hocho Men, which is the kindest thing I can say about this woman. This is why we've got to start looking local. Not just simply the stuff at the top and all national. You've got to get involved locally. Otherwise, these folks wind up at the top. And then and, and, and they've gotten away with tyranny locally, so they think they can do it on a national level. And we've seen too many examples of that over the years, have we not? We've got more Christian talk that rocks straight ahead. Move to the second hour, hang tight. You deserve a laugh today. Let's enjoy a family comedy minute with Bob Smiley. So they, the captain comes on, and the captain's doing his whole, you know, this is your captain speaking. Welcome to flight one from Phoenix to Houston with a short layover in Michigan. Um <laughs> trying to get situated and we never can just take off we always have to go through the whole oxygen mass that you know exits the whole everything they always say in the event of a crash landing a uh, water crash landing that you can use your seat cushion as a flotation device <laughs> if i'm ever in a crash the seat cushion i was just sitting on <laughs> i don't want anywhere near me Remember, it's smart to laugh. Come visit us at FamilyComedyRadio.com. That's FamilyComedyRadio.com. 
Needing a tuxedo? Why rent when you can buy one at only $89.99 at Suit City? Suit City has tuxedos, Steve Harvey suits, and blazers. And suits starting at $39.99. Shoes starting at $19.99 with brands such as Stacy Adams and more. At Suit City, we have all your accessories, hats, ties, and a wide variety to suit your needs. On any occasion, Suit City will have you looking your best. Suit City has pastor robes, men's suits, and dress suits, blazers, plus men's shirts. Why rent a tuxedo when you can buy at Suit City at only $89.99? Visit our website at SuitCityUSA.com. That's SuitCityUSA.com. SuitCityUSA.com. Look your best with tuxedos and suits at Suit City with stores in Collinsville, Danville, and Roanoke. Hi, I'm Danny Ilo. You may know me as an actor, but one of the things that I'm most proud of is my service to this country. In the Army, I saw firsthand how training and discipline instill a value that create great leadership abilities and a can-do spirit. Those same strong values stay with service members when they return to civilian life and enter the workplace. So remember the highest smart and bet on a vet. To learn more, call 888-44-SALUTE or visit saluteheroes.org. Have you ever tried to sit on a fence? How long did you do it for? I tried it the other day. It's not very comfortable. Don't recommend it. Spiritually, it's so easy to sit on the fence, to have one foot in the world and one foot in God's Word, to be so spiritual on Sunday morning, but then Friday night's a completely different scene. Jesus challenges us in Revelation chapter 3, verse 16. Don't be lukewarm. Look, some people, they're not hot, they're not cold, they're just lukewarm. They're going through the motions spiritually. It's like having one foot on the boat, one foot on the dock. You can't do both at the same time. You're going to fall into the water. I have a little silver square that's in my bathroom. I look at every day. Joshua chapter 24, verse 15, it says, Choose this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Every single day, temptations come, and they're difficult. But we need to remember that we don't want to be lukewarm. Let's move with God, not the world. For more information, go to activatelife.org. Everybody online looking good. I'm kind of in the mood for some stimulating conversation. Start sequence. Five, four, three, two, one. And now, get in on the discussion now. Lines are open. And now, here's your host, Richie L. And you are in the second hour of Christian Talk That Rocks. Don't worry, I'll be with you. There's nothing to be afraid of. A couple of websites for you, ChristianTalkThatRocks.net or ChristianTalkThatRocks.com. Live on our email address is TalkToRichieL at gmail.com. T-A-L-K-T-O-R-I-C-H-I-E-L at gmail.com. TalkToRichieL at gmail.com. Several ways to get this broadcast in a podcast format. Here's just a handful of ways that you can do that. By the way, the hyperlinks and barrenlinks available at both websites. We've got Player FM, Anchor FM, uh, Deezer, CastBox, MixerBox, Radio.net, Amazon, just to name a few. Flagship station WMVA, The Gold Rush, which rebroadcasts Friday's show on Saturdays, 10 a.m. to noon Eastern. By the way, they can be found at WMVARadio.com, also Odyssey.com, and Radio.net. 
uh, newest affiliate, Net News Network at netnewsnetwork.net. They are a news journalism kind of site, and they are uh, accepting a couple of select episodes of Christian Talk That Rocks. Today should be up there with no problem a little later on this evening. Uh, again, at netnewsnetwork.net for you to download and uh, your pleasure and leisure. Also being streamed live by Thunderous Radio, which can be found at streamiter.com, mytuner.com, and radio.net. You can just search Thunderous Radio, or you can go to the websites, either one, christiantalkthatrocks.net or .com, and you can click on the hyperlink for xeno.fm, Thunderous Radio. All right. Uh, oh, by the way, quick program note. Uh, no shows Monday or Tuesday. No shows Monday or Tuesday. Why? Well, because we won't be here. I will be out of town with the lovely Mrs. L. She's having a particular procedure done, and it may be two days. We're we're hoping it'll be one, but it could end up being two, so we're going to plan for two. And she will be out of town. We'll give you updates on that when we get back, but the very critical procedure that she's going to have done. And then uh, hopefully, you know, it'll answer some questions on some things or help resolve some issues on some things that she's having. I won't go into it now, but go may go into it a little bit later. But please pray for us and pray for her and, and pray that this procedure goes well. Again, we're having to go out of town in order to get this procedure, um, particular procedure done. We've got to go to a particular uh, hospital facility, if you will, to have that performed. And hopefully all will be well. Hopefully all will be well. Uh the debate on, well, did Fauci or did Fauci not? And the whole lab leak theory. And this whole lab leak theory thing has really come to a head, and it's gotten some bipartisan questioning. Some bipartisan a bipartisan questioning. The uh, Senate now tells the Biden administration to declassify all, all, intel about COVID's origins. Let the people see the truth. Being reported by Catherine Richardson, Daily Caller News Foundation. The Senate voted unanimously Wednesday on a bill that requires a director of national intelligence to declassify. When does anybody in either house of in either house do anything unanimously? I mean, mark this one down. Senate voted unanimously, that's for pubs and Dems, Wednesday on and independence on a bill that requires the director of national intelligence to declassify all intelligence Concerning the origin of COVID-19, the COVID-19 Origin Act of 2023, introduced by Republican Senators Josh Hawley and Mike Braun, was passed Wednesday night without objection. The Energy Department concluded Sunday that the pandemic most likely came from a lab leak, the Wall Street Journal has reported. Also, FBI Director Christopher Wray revealed um, late last week that, or la uh, last week, I should say, that his agency came to the same conclusion. They came to the same conclusion. The, F the FBI has for quite some time now assessed that the origins of the pandemic are most likely a potential lab incident in Wuhan. He, he said that uh, in a Tuesday interview with Fox News. Uh, given that knowing the origin is critical for preventing a similar pandemic from occurring in the future and that the pandemic may have originated at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, the Senate bill calls for Director of National Intelligence Avril Haines to declassify and make available to the public as much information as possible about the origin of COVID-19 within 90 days. Specific information requested includes activities performed by the Wuhan Institute of Virology, coronavirus research happening prior to the outbreak, 
uh-oh, look out, Dr. Fauci, and details about researchers at the lab who fell ill in autumn of 2019. Senator Hawley reacted to the bill's passage on Twitter by let the people see the truth, he wrote. Senator Braun also called on the House to pass the bill. House needs to pass the bill to let the American people see the facts, Braun tweeted Wednesday night. Okay. Well, um, House has done something quite similar. House has done something quite similar. Um, they are also requesting that this information be made, in essence, public. Bring it out. House Dems and GOP voted unanimously to declassify COVID origin intel sent to Biden. Being reported by Peter Kasperwick's Fox News. Um, House lawmakers made it clear Friday that it's time for the Biden administration to come clean on what it knows about COVID-19's origins. Republicans and Democrats voted unanimously. Well, those that were present. (laughs) 419 to zip. Uh, to uh, require the Biden administration's director of of national intelligence to declassify all intelligence related to the Wuhan Institute of Virology and possible links to the origins of the COVID-19 virus. That release would be required at 90 days after the bill is signed into law. So here you have unanimous votes, both for pubs, Dems, independents, libertarians, everybody, the whole he-all gang, both houses of Congress saying, uh, make this info public give us the info you got 90 days cough it up the vote followed new assessments from the department of energy and the fbi a lab leak in china was the most likely source of the pandemic that killed millions of people around the world after those assessments were revealed the senate unanimously passed the gop bill last week and house followed with its own unanimous vote a little more than a week later Uh, Republicans and Democrats uh, did vote unanimously today to make this happen. So uh, now the hot potatoes in in, uh, the White House's court, in their lap, cough it up. Cough it up. I don't know why they wouldn't. They should. I don't see what would be the, uh, the harm at this point in doing so. When both houses unanimously... Both houses unanimously have said, make this stuff available. Let's make it public. Cough it up. Cough up the intel, whatever intel you have. Let's see it. Let's hear it. And in essence, it's, uh, it's, in essence, a bill of sorts. You could argue, I guess. So let's see what happens. Let's see what the Biden administration does. Again, I don't know what would be the logic in uh, not making this not making this known. And uh, re- Republicans are also de- demanding accountability following reports of Fauci's commissioning paper to discredit the lab leak theory. This being reported by Hannah Blue, Breitbart.com. Dr. Anthony Fauci, of course, he's the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases at the National Institute of Health, was... Uh, he's, uh, of course, a former national institute, uh, he's a former, I should say, he, he was, all of that. A March 5th memo sent to members of the Select Subcommittee on the Coronavirus Pandemic reveals 
that flip-flop Fauci, along with at least 11 other scientists, participated in a conference call on February 1st, 2020, which, by the way, they left uh, Dr. Robert Redfeld out, who was head of the uh, <laughs> CDC, where they were told that, if he says that under testimony, I'm going to let you hear that in a bit. I'm going to let you hear three different clips from uh, uh, from this uh, testimony here from a day or two ago. Participated in a conference call on February 1, 2020, where they were told that the coronavirus, which originated in Wuhan, China, may have actually leaked from a lab. In other words, it wasn't just natural selection, if you will. Conveniently, three days later, four participants of the conference call authored a paper entitled The Proximal Origin of SARS-CoV-2, Proximal Origin, and sent a draft to Drs. Fauci and Collins per the memo. Quote, part of the final publication in Nature Medicine, the paper was sent to Dr. Fauci for editing and approval. The memo notes explaining that uh, Flip-Flop Fauci used the paper two months later in an attempt to publicly dismiss the lab leak theory. New evidence released by the select subcommittee however, suggests that Dr. Fauci prompted the drafting of a publication that would disprove the lab leak theory. The authors of this paper skewed available evidence to achieve that goal, and Dr. Jeremy Farrar went uncredited despite the, uh, significant involvement. Flip-flop Fauci would even go on to cite this study from the White House podium, quote, um, following the money, the money for the Wuhan lab he approved, uh, the, thus, the line of questioning was pursued in our uh, depot of Fauci as well. He didn't want to be implicated in the lab leak, so he dismissed it and smeared anyone who thought it plausible. That, according to Senator Eric Schmidt from Missouri, said. He must be held accountable, he added. This reminds me of how Hillary Clinton cooked up the Russia hoax, planted it in the media, and then cited media reports providing independent evidence for the fabricated theory. Author and filmmaker Dinesh Souza remarked, We now know Fauci orchestrated a fraudulent paper. He then used to dismiss a lab leak, uh, A320 blog by his boss, co-conspirator Francis Collins. This study leaves little room to refute a natural origin for COVID lab origin is outrageous, a claim and rumor. Uh, White Coat Waste Project, Justin Goodman said. Anyway, these are some of the Twitter uh, Twitter responses. Senator Rand Paul from Kentucky, who has long questioned Fauci and his honesty, retweeted a clip of an MSNBC Nicole Wallace referring to the lab leak theory as Trump conspiracy theory. Uh, quote, after funding gain-of-function research at the, at the Wuhan lab, Fauci smeared those of us who suggested the possibility of a lab leak. He must be held accountable, Senator Tom Cotton said, and said as others expressed disgust over the latest reports. The report follows President Biden's Department of Energy admitting the coronavirus likely stemmed from a lab leak, despite Fauci's initial insistence that it, that it was not the case. Quote, if you look at the evolution of the virus in bats and what's out there now, the scientific evidence is very, very strong, leaning toward this could not have been artificially or deliberately manipulated. Everything about the stepwise evolution over time strongly indicates that this virus evolved in nature and then jumped species. That's what Fauci told the National Geographic back in May of 2020, deeming the lab leak theory as a circular argument. Well, of course, because he's covering his high end. Now, there is some bombshell testimony um, that has come out in this hearing. And uh, I'm going to let you hear it in just a few moments. 
Uh, the bombshell is this, that Fauci paid off scientists to abandon the lab leak theory, perhaps. Being reported by Bob Unruh, World Net Daily, there's 9 million reasons why they changed their minds. When the COVID-19 pandemic was developing before it had the time to kill millions around the world, top medical and science experts discussed it. One virologist from the Scripps Research Institute, Christian Anderson, told Anthony Fauci, Joe Biden's top COVID-19 advisor, of course, he was an advisor back in the Trump administration as well, to be fair, that he and others thought it could be man-made. That would align with the evidence that finally now is being accepted, that it came out of a research lab in Wuhan, China, where scientists already were working on those bad coronaviruses. In fact, Anderson said, quote, the genome is inconsistent with the expectations from evolutionary theory. Another scientist, Robert Gary, also expressed a similar sentiment saying, I don't know how this happens in nature, but it would be easy to do in a lab. Yeah. Then just days later, scientists were affirming without any apparent doubt the statement that the virus had made a natural jump from animal to human, and the lab had nothing to do with it. Now a conversation during an investigation hearing in Congress may have suggested a reason for the flip-flop. Dollars. Did money change hands after the, the narrative on COVID? Nine million of them. The Gateway Pundit reported it was former CDC director Dr. Robert Redfield who confirmed during testimony he was excluded and kept out of the loop by Dr. Tony Fauci, flip-flop Fauci, in early February 2020. By the way, that was when that phone call was made, that conference call I was just telling you about. After he suggested the COVID-19 virus was leaked from a laboratory and did not act like a naturally occurring SARS coronavirus. Isn't it interesting that Fauci conferred with all these other folks and left the guy who's head of the CDC, who would be arguably the chief of what would be the uh, the agency that would probably be most responsible for the nation's frontline response, conveniently leaves him out of the loop. How strange. How odd. And by the way, this was during the Trump administration. How strange. Uh, in fact, he testified, and you're going to hear it, that even though he was CDC chief... And he was on the coronavirus task force formed in January 2020. He did not see emails addressed to Fauci from Anderson, which said the virus looks engineered. And from Gary, who stated it would be easy to generate it from a lab. How? Why? Hmm. Why? Huh. What was flip-flop Fauci getting at here? Or perhaps what was he hiding? I mean, it's, it's very strange. Very strange. Nicholas Way, the science writer who explained early in the pandemic the evidence for a, a lab leak, explained, quote, this question does lay at the heart of the issue. What is pertinent, it seems to me, is there is no new scientific evidence that we can see that became available between these dates. So were there other influences? He explained just a few weeks after the Nature Medicine article had come out, Two of the signers of the original email to Dr. Fauci, that is Dr. Anderson and Dr. Gary, were rewarded nine million bucks in grants. How interesting. How interesting. Let's take a pause. Uh, you know, I always say follow the money trail on a lot of these things. I don't know. Looks suspicious to me. Also note, and I shared on this show back in the way back in the day, the archives are gone now, but I shared on this show way back in the day, unless somebody's downloaded them somewhere that um, there were papers that were coming out uh, January and February uh, 2020 from 
Chinese scientists who were backing the lab leak theory, who were basically saying, yeah, this happened in a lab. This can't happen naturally. Then, of course, there was a, a lady who, uh, in the fall of 2020, who actually had worked in that lab, a Chinese citizen, defected to the U.S. with the claim that, yeah, this thing was engineered in a lab. This thing was engineered in a lab. And uh, she thought it may have been for bioweapon purposes. And then, of course, what I think is that I I, I think the Chinese developed this, the Chinese government, that is, developed this gain-of-function research. We're doing this gain-of-function research, or at least hoping to co-opt it, however you want to look at it, to perhaps use in the future maybe as a, as a um, bioweapon. But the thing leaked. In other words, the horse got out of the barn, and it bit them first. It, it blew back on them. It boomeranged on them. They, they fell uh, into their own trap, so to speak. Because remember, in the fall of 2019, that's when all these people started getting sick. Late September, October, November, December, that's when this thing began to really spread in China. It did launch in China because it was, I mean, it originated in China. There's no doubt about that. Even the Chinese government has had to grudgingly accept that, yeah, okay, it originated here. But, but of course, they jumped on the theory. Well, it just, it just came from somebody eating bad soup or whatever. Um, that it came from a, 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 la, a, a, a bad in a wet market. By the way, wet markets predominantly seafood shops seafood markets uh I, I checked bats were not seafood but okay but it somehow it jumped from a bat it probably was taken from a bat i would suspect that's probably true and then manipulated by the way if you do a google search or a duck duck go search or whatever search engine you like to use you can do a search on covid virus patents people have been getting patents on tinkered with covid viruses for years and applying for them okay so they tinker with them in labs it's some of it is called gain-of-function research some of it's not um through an executive order uh barack obama outlawed the stuff in 2014 so much of this research had to go overseas because it couldn't happen here uh but did 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 Fauci sort of grease the wheels, shall we say, to keep this narrative alive that there's just that it's just, there's no way it came out of a lab? After the NIH, either directly or indirectly, if you want to look at it, was funding some gain of function research there in in China, and the Wuhan lab, and perhaps other labs around the globe. Now look, most all nations have stockpiles of chemical and bioweapons. That's a dirty secret. Uh, China's not the only one. We're not the only one. Russia's not the only one. There's a whole. There's several nations that have these on hand. Now, they're supposed to be outlawed by Geneva Conventions and this and that, but it's like wink, wink, nudge, nudge. You know, it, it's, it's kind of like picking your nose. Nobody wants to admit that they pick their nose, but everybody does it, right? Don't act like you don't. You do. You know you do. We've got more Christian talk that rocks straight ahead. Stay close. More talk continues next with Richie L. More Christian talk that rocks next. This is Max McLean. God created all things by his word. How does the word have the power to create? 
because his word is a person. Listen to the Bible from John 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. From John 1, listen to the Bible. It's great for the soul. Hear more at RadioBible.org. Hi, I'm Danny Ilo. You may know me as an actor, but one of the things that I'm most proud of is my service to this country. In the Army, I saw firsthand how training and discipline instill a values that create great leadership abilities and a can-do spirit. Those same strong values stay with service members when they return to civilian life and enter the workplace. So remember the highest smart and bet on a vet. To learn more, call 888-44-SALUTE or visit saluteheroes.org. And now, a man voted the most popular talk show host two years in a row in Kuzbekistan, Richie L. All right, I'm going to let you hear the clips in just a moment um, from this, this hearing. There's several of them. Uh, I don't know if they're necessarily in particular order. But I'm going to run through them and just let you hear them sort of one by one in this uh, testimony. And we'll take a break here in a minute. I'll play the first one, then we'll go to break, and I'll play a couple more as we get back. But I think it's quite evident and telling. And, and these are, I mean, this is Dr. Redfield, who was the head of the CDC in 2020 until, of course, Rochelle Walensky took over in 2021. And then things really started getting politicized. They weren't, it, it seems to me they weren't quite as politicized in 2020 under Redfield. But once Rochelle Walensky got into the driver's seat, look out. Okay. And I can say that from a little bit of, uh, let's just say, uh, looking at the underbelly of the beast, because as I've shared on this show, for a little over four years, I worked for an organization that was contracted by the CDC to do the behavioral. Uh, Notice it's a, a survey, national survey, uh, Behavioral Risk Factor Surveillance System. A set of surveys known as the BREFS, B-R-F-S-S, not breakfast, but BREFS, surveys, which come out of the 1984 UF Health, U.S. Health Services Act signed into law by then-President Ronald Reagan, which commissioned the CDC and ultimately, uh, I think at that time, about two dozen participating state health department agencies to conduct this survey known as the Behavioral Risk Factor Surveillance System. So that's predominantly what we did in you know in conjunction with the various state health departments and the CDC. So I sort of saw the underbelly of this thing. And it seemed to me in my latter days there that things started getting really um, kind of... I noticed, all the, I noticed a lot of the questions <laughs> got very political all of a sudden. And I, and I noticed it. And a lot of us noticed it. We, I wasn't the only one. We noticed it and kind of asked about it. But, you know, well, that's just, you know, what what the CDC and the states want. So, But there was a lot of um, questions that were just, frankly, sort of political. And I thought that was a bit odd. In, in some of the states, not all of them, but some of the states' uh, questionings of the respondents. 
And some respondents had no problems with that. Some were like, why are you asking me this? What does that do with health? Which kind of was what I was thinking privately myself, but, you know, we had a pat answer we had to give. But I kind of thought, yeah, it is getting kind of weird and political. Well, what's going on here? So I think under her to, under her direction, uh, and have you noticed how, by the way, Rochelle Walensky's been sort of not around? <laughs> She's kind of gotten real quiet here since, oh, I don't know, about October, November. Well, when all these Twitter files started dropping in about October, November, notice how she kind of went real quiet and kind of underground? How all these people got censored for saying things about COVID vaccines and COVID that we now know to be true. And suddenly she's real quiet, right? I mean, she's been drug up before uh, the Senate and the House a time or or three, but now she's just kind of faded back into the woodwork. I find that real fascinating, too. See, when you throw the lights on, the cockroaches run up under the refrigerator real fast, right? Anyway, (laughs) let me let you hear some of these clips. This this first one's going to be uh, uh, that I'm going to play for you. No particular order here, but I, well, I guess it's sort of an order. Is uh, Jim Jordan uh, talking about some of this stuff, and then uh, Redfield as well, Doctor Redfield, who former director of uh, CDC. Let's play for you. I want to stick with you. You you have said before that you were locked out of conversations about the lab leak by Doctor Fauci and Doctor Collins. Do you think they kept you out of the conversations because you believe COVID-19 may have come from a lab? Yeah, I think I made it very clear in January to all of them why we had to aggressively pursue this. And I let them know as a virologist that I didn't see that this was anything like SARS or MERS because they never learned how to transmit human to human. That I felt this virus was too infectious for humans There was a lot of evidence that lab actually published in 2014 that they put the H2 receptor into humanized mice so it could infect human tissue. I think, you know, we had to really uh, seriously go after the fact it came from the lab. And they knew that that was how I was thinking, although I thought we had to go after both hypotheses. And I was told later, uh, I didn't know I was excluded. I didn't know there was a February 1st conference call until the Freedom of Information came out with the emails. And I was quite upset as the CDC director, that I was excluded from those discussions. Why would they do this? Because I had a different point of view, and I was told they made a decision that they would keep this confidential until they came up with a single narrative, which I will argue is antithetical to science. That's right. Science never selects a single narrative. We foster, as my colleague here just said, we foster debate. And we, we're confident that with debate, science will eventually get to the truth. This was an a priori decision that there's one point of view that we're going to put out there, and anyone who doesn't agree with it is going to be sidelined. And as I Which say, I was only the CDC director, right. and I was sidelined. Well, I think Dr. Fauci and Dr. Collins got caught with their hand in the cookie jar. Of course. They got caught supercharging viruses in an unsecure Chinese lab. They wanted to push the envelope, and so they got together to cover themselves, cover up their story, and wipe their fingerprints of the virus that has killed more than one million Americans. Oh, I think as we dig deeper and deeper, this is going to look uglier and uglier. And when the CDC, the the guy, again, who's running the front line 
I mean, whether, you know, there's a lot of people believe the CDC is not constitutional and all that. I'm here to debate that one way or the other. Uh, but uh, they exist. But so the the head of the organization that you would think would be on the front line. I mean, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. That's their title. Okay, you would you would think that they would want to pull in uh, the head of the CDC and maybe a few of their scientists and what have you. You would think that old flip flop Fauci and the rest of the hee haw gang there would want some input and and some opinions from these folks since they're going to be the ones who are going to be on the front line fighting the thing. As much as anybody, as the chief health uh, health defense organization, if you want to call it that, in the United States. So it seems to me very uh, uh, starkly odd that Flip Flop Fauci and company wouldn't want at least Redfield being a part of this conversation. That seems really weird. Uh, any way you cut it, that seems very strange. Let's take a break. I mean... To me, that's a virtual smoking gun right there. That's just begs the question: Why? That's odd. More to come. Take a look. Hi, I'm Danny Ilo. You may know me as an actor, but one of the things that I'm most proud of is my service to this country. In the Army, I saw firsthand how training and discipline instill a values that create great leadership abilities and a can-do spirit. Those same strong values stay with service members when they return to civilian life and enter the workplace. So remember the highest smart and bet on a vet. To learn more, call 888-44-SALUTE or visit saluteheroes.org. Needing a tuxedo? Why rent when you can buy one at only $89.99 at Suit City? Suit City has tuxedos, Steve Harvey suits and blazers, and suits starting at $39.99, shoes starting at $19.99, with brands such as Stacey Adams and more. At Suit City, we have all your accessories, hats, ties, and a wide variety to suit your needs. On any occasion, Suit City will have you looking your best. Suit City has Pasta robes, men's suits, and dress suits, blazers plus men's shirts. Why rent a tuxedo when you can buy at Suit City at only $89.99? Visit our website at SuitCityUSA.com. That's SuitCityUSA.com. SuitCityUSA.com. Look your best with tuxedos and suits at Suit City with stores in Collinsville, Danville, and Roanoke. the websites anytime you want christian talk at rocks.net or christian talk at rocks.com the two websites um, i'm going to continue playing these clips and, and you, again you'll hear dr redfield again a little later on here just a bit but what's fascinating to me besides the fact that he was left out of the loop is how debate was squelched because this was not a, you know, we were told well it's, it's scientific it's consensus says you know scientists have reached a consensus or this thing came from a from a bat and right right well it may have originated it actually may have originated from a bat but it was tinkered with in a lab and again you had a defector coming from china at, at great risk to her family in fact she has not heard from her mother her mother's probably dead came to this nation to say hey this thing came from a lab i was there i know given very little credibility by anyone in the media, other than a handful of uh, podcasts and networks and, and, and news outlets. I mean, count them on probably one hand. Also, there was paper after paper after paper that was sent out 
by teams of Chinese or individual Chinese scientists, virologists, and researchers, and, and teams of them that said this thing came from a lab. Of course, the Chicom government made some of those people disappear, made some of them recant, and made uh, and told some of them, you know, your families are in gulags now. Anything else you want to say? And they shut up. But I shared some of those papers with you and some of those reports early on. There were also journalists that were getting video footage of how bad this thing was because the Chicom government was playing the whole thing down. And there was video coming out. I talked about it on this show from leaked from Chinese journalists. It showed it showed body bags stacked in hospitals like cordwood. And the Chicom government all the time playing it down. It, look, I have said it before, and I'll say it again. If a representative of the Chicom government's lips are moving, it is there is a strong likelihood that either flat out lies or at least half truths are coming across their lips. And you have to take them as such because they are a dictatorship. All right. They are a dictatorship. They are a, a they're tyrants. The run, I'm talking about the people that run the Chicom government. Okay, these are slippery, dirty folks. And again, if they're if they're saying anything, it's likely propaganda. They have a difficult time telling the truth. And if they admit that, yeah, okay, this thing got out of a lab, we bosh it, then they look stupid. They look, they look pretty dumb. They look pretty <laughs> incompetent, which they are, frankly. But they look pretty incompetent. Most tyrannical regimes are incompetent, and they usually are undone by their own incompetence. Historically, when you take these things apart, they usually are undone and usually cave in on themselves. They usually cave in on themselves. I think it's a matter of time, frankly, before the Chai-Com government caves in on itself. I don't think they're going to be around forever. I think their days are shortly numbered. I really do believe that. Well, short being a, a relative term, that could be 50 years from now. But they're not going to be around forever, gang. They're going to cave in on themselves eventually. Eventually, people in China are going to say, you know, we've had enough. <laughs> That's just human nature. It, 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 at some point, there will be a blowback. All right? We saw this in Russia to some extent. And we've seen it elsewhere around the world. It will happen. Eventually, it will happen. Um. So let me let you hear some clips here. Uh, I'm going to start with uh, uh, another one here. This Now, this is Jim Jordan who kicked the thing off. And talking about Fauci. Hold on just a moment. All right, I didn't mean for there to be uh, rock and roll background music to that, although it's kind of cool. Wasn't it? All right, let me, let me try this again. Don't try this at home, kids. Look Leave it to the professionals. Look forward, the Democrats tell us. Focus on the future. Might have started in a lab. Might have, might have happened in nature. But here's the question I keep coming up with. If, if it may have been a lab, may have been nature, we're supposed to look forward, then why did Dr. Fauci work so hard for just one of those theories? Why was it so important to push one over the other? Dr. Barris said, oh, we should entertain uh, all hypotheses. Dr. Fauci had his, uh, his hypothesis, how this started. We should entertain all of them. But that's not what happened. That is definitely not what happened. Three years ago, if you thought it came from a lab, if you raised that, you were called a nut job. You got censored on Twitter. You were blacklisted on Twitter. You yeah, were even that. called a crackpot by the very scientist who in late January sent emails to Dr. Fauci and said it came from a lab. They called you crackpot. Is that right, Dr. Redfield? I think the most upsetting thing to me was the uh, Baltimore Sun calling me a racist because I said this came from a Wuhan lab. 
Dr. Reptil, you, were, you, were, uh, you, you ran the CDC and you were on the Coronavirus Task Force, is that right? Correct. That was formed on January 29th, 2020, is that right? Correct. Two days later, Dr. Fauci gets an email from Dr. Anderson which says what? Virus looks engineered, virus not consistent with evolutionary theory. Is that accurate? That's my understanding. From Next day, I know. Did he share that email with you, by the way, Dr. Redfield? No. As a member of the task force, as a head of CDC, did he share that email with you? No. Okay. Next day, February 1st, Dr. Gary sends Dr. Fauci another email. That email says, I don't know how this happens in nature, but it would be easy to do in a lab. Did he share that email with you, Dr. Redfield? No. You didn't no. see either one of those emails, even though you're head of CDC, even though you're on the coronavirus task force that had been formed just two days, three days earlier. No. Three days later, Dr. Anderson and Dr. Gary, who told us it came from a lab and emails to Dr. Fauci that Dr. Fauci wouldn't let Dr. Redfield see, three days later, they changed their position 180 degrees. The question is why? Mr. Wade, why would they change their position that fast when the only intervening event is a conference call with Dr. Fauci, the guy who wouldn't let Dr. Redfield see the very emails that they had sent him, Dr. Redfield, head of CDC on the coronavirus task force. Why would they change their position, Dr. Wade, or Mr. Wade? Uh, well, this question does lie at the heart of the um, issue. Uh, what is pertinent, it seems to me, is there's, there's no new scientific evidence that we can see that came uh, available between these dates, the Jan 31st I, and Feb 4. Right, there's no new, I think you're, go ahead. So you have to ask if there were other uh, other kinds of influence uh, available. <clears throat> now, it is true that, that <clears throat> Dr. Fauci and Dr. Farry in London were very powerful research officials, and between them they controlled... I read, I read your testimony. I saw okay. that. Yeah. So... Why don't uh, you cut to the chase and tell them what you really think was the reason? <laughs> I don't know what, what the reason was. I, didn't, I know what it was. I... Go well, ahead. no, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll let you say because I read your testimony. I think you, you said it in your testimony, too. Maybe you're reluctant <clears> to say it here, but go ahead. Well, if you're looking at the timeline on um, May 21st, um, just uh, a few weeks after the Nature, Med uh, the, the Nature Medicine article had come out, uh, two of the signatories of the original email to uh, Dr. Fauci, that, that's Dr. Anderson and Dr. Gary, were awarded a $9 million grant for the... So there's reason. $9 million reasons why they changed their mind. I knew you'd get to it. I read that last night. Three months after, so three days after they say it came from a lab, they changed their position, and the only intervening event's a conference call with Dr. Fauci and Dr. Collins. Again, a call that Mr. Redfield was not allowed to be on, the head of CDC and on the coronavirus task force. And then three months later, shazam, they get $9 bucks from Dr. Fauci. Well, isn't that something? January 31st, 2020, Dr. Fauci now is warned by Dr. Uh, Christian Anderson that House some of COVID-19's features potentially look engineered. And the genome is inconsistent with expectations from evolutionary theory. Um, Dr. Redfield, did you agree, in your opinion, with Dr. Anderson's assessment at the time that this virus did look engineered? I was concerned because of... Uh, the presence of the furin cleavage site that we've talked about. And I think it's important to understand what that cleavage site does. Uh, that cleavage site totally changes the orientation of the binding domain of COVID. So it now, which could not see the ACE2 receptor, which is a human receptor, it totally changes the orientation now. 
So it has high affinity for a human receptor. So that furin cleavocyte bothered me. It didn't seem that it belonged there. And then when you look at the sequences that it used, and it's beyond the committee, but I know many of you have looked into it, the sequences that they used in those 12 nucleotides for arginine were the arginine sequences, nucleotide triplet, that coded for the human arginine. So why did this virus have the arginine sequences for human there, not bat. It was very disconcerting to me. It looked like this virus was engineered. Was this uh, what you're observing and speaking of? Is this something that would be in line with gain of function research and the and the capabilities it would provide to the right. virus? Yeah, I mean, basically, this lab published in 2014 that they accomplished in this uh, allowing the coronaviruses that they were working with in the lab to bind to the H2 receptor in humanized mice. And the only way they did that was by reorienting the binding domain. And it was clear to them at this time that that was likely the issue in their private conversations. Um, Yet by February 4th, a paper on the origins of COVID is drafted by four participants of the February 1 conference call. One of those participants, Dr. Anderson, completely reverses himself in an email to the president of EcoHealth, Peter Dozik, and says the main crackpot theories going around at the moment relate to this virus being somehow engineered, and that is demonstrably false. Um, My question to you, Mr. Redfield, did you know of any evidence that they had found within three days from February 1st to February 4th to be able to confirm that it was not created in a lab? Um, as I mentioned earlier, unfortunately, I was excluded from those conversations, uh, which I found retroactively very disappointed since I was obviously a virologist and very engaged. And I actually had asked Jeremy Farrar, Tony Fauci, and Tedros to have these conversations. And then to be excluded, I found unusual. Well, yeah. And, and a little weird. Let's take a break. Rather strange. But in plain terms there, what they were talking about is this this thing was rigged, shall we say, this virus rigged to attach to human receptor cells a lot more easier than you would have just seen a regular uh, COVID virus do. That's what made Dr. Redfield think this thing was was sort of jury-rigged to make it much more easy for humans to pick this thing up. Back with more. Are there some things about your life that you wish were different? Actually, it's not too late for a change. Here's a moment with Charles Stanley. I would like to give you at this moment the opportunity of changing the direction of your life, the eternal destiny of your life, and the condition of your life. And here's how you can do that. You can recognize honestly that you're a sinner that you've sinned against God, and that you don't deserve anything. So the invitation is this, to ask the Lord Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins and acknowledge that you've never trusted him as your Savior. You've tried to do good, but the Bible states that that doesn't work. He says, by works of righteousness which you've done, no person's ever been saved. I want to invite you to invite Jesus Christ into your life asking him to forgive you of your sins, surrendering yourself to him personally, and saying, Lord, I want you in my life. I want you to live your life in and through me. 
I need the forgiveness of my sins. I do want to go to heaven when I die, but I want my life to count now. And most of all, I want Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. Learn more about how Jesus Christ can change the course of your life. Visit us at intouch.org. All right, so moving from flip-flop Fauci and COVID and all that jazz, uh, let's talk about January 6th, just a moment. Now, I have said, and I've been consistent on this, that what happened on January 6th at the uh, Capitol building was reprehensible. Just stupid. It was just stupid, and people were acting stupid and dressing stupid and, you know, being being ridiculous is probably the biggest. And, and vandalism. Vandalism's terrible. Um, it was a uh, demonstration or a protest gone awry. When you start um, assaulting cops, when you start um, tearing things up, you've, you've ceased to be a protest you've, and you become a riot. And that's not protected speech under the First Amendment. What I find fascinating is how uh, much leeway was given to BLM and Antifa and just garden variety college kids that were bored over the summer of 2020 and want to tear stuff up and, you know, and loot liquor stores and get free booze. Um, that's also incredibly reprehensible and burning down businesses. Uh, and what happened uh, in front of the White House and burning down one of the churches, our church building, I should say, across the street from the White House and, and fighting with... Um, fighting with the cops and sending devices going over the fence into the White House lawn and those kinds of things. Nobody seemed to call that an insurgency of any sort, but, you know, because a bunch of idiots, and some of them may have been well-meaning, but a bunch of idiots nevertheless uh, did what they did at the uh, at the Capitol building. Well, that's a full-tilt insurrection. So there's been a bit of a double standard here, I think, from, from the mainstream media and from politicians, and I've said, I've been consistent on that as well. So even though that this was ridiculous and reprehensible, what happened at the White House on January—I mean, at the uh, uh, Capitol building on January sixth—I don't believe it rises to the level of a full tilt insurrection. I mean, come on, this wasn't Pearl Harbor. Three thousand people weren't killed. Uh, soldiers, almost three thousand soldiers weren't killed. This wasn't nine eleven. This this wasn't uh, the invasion of the British in the War of eighteen twelve, literally burning down the White House and and. Uh, burning down at least partially our then capital and everything else all right so uh this being reported by uh, bob underworld at daily the chief of j6 committee claims members never saw a security video chief of x house speaker nancy pelosi's partisan committee she assembled to review the january 6 2021 events at the u.s capitol and investigated committee that finished with a report that tried to blame president trump for just about everything claims committee members ever saw a capital security video from that day um, that they never saw it. They did not see the Capitol security video from that day. Okay, well, then how can you have had a thorough investigation if you didn't see the security footage? How does that work? Now, this is from the January 6th investigation committee. And they finished your report. But they never saw the... They didn't see the security video. <laughs> okay. It's an issue because Fox News' Tucker Carlson has been given access to that video by House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, and it has revealed that many narratives pushed for the last two years by Dems and other Trump opponents were false. Statement on social media explained that Representative uh, Benny Thompson, 
He's a Democrat, by the way, who, who chaired the committee for Pelosi claimed that members didn't see the actual events of that day from the videos. Commentary at Twitchy, which monitors social media comments, said, well, well, isn't, that, isn't this convenient? Now that Tucker Carlson has released more of the January 6th footage that disproves many of the narratives from uh, those folks, and sadly, uh, a couple of uh, Republicans who are now both officially out of a job, it would appear the committee chairman, Benny Thompson, is claiming they never had access to the footage. Well, why? Or do they just not want it? The editorial notes Thompson's claim that they just had a bunch of staff go through it. The committee faced well-earned criticism for its one-sided perspective of the situation. By the way, they caught a lot of heat from Jonathan Turley, a Democrat, constitutional attorney, uh, or law professor, rather. Well, I think he's attorney, too, but... Uh, Jonathan Turley gave him a lot of grief about it, too, because in most hearings, you usually, you know, the, the side that's being, shall we say, accused has a chance to usually speak. That didn't happen. Because uh, as it launched orchestrated uh, diatribes over and over against President Trump, members never even considered the culpability of Pelosi, who as Speaker had responsibility for the security of the building. She had refused Trump's offer of additional National Guard troops to protect the building that day. Commentator Byron York suggested if that's the case, the committee was simply an orchestrated plan to present only one side of the issue. Well, yeah, duh. We've all seen that and said it. It was a, it was a circus. It was a dog and pony show. Uh, and they just showed the one side to America. Chair of the January 6th committee says members never had access to the J6 video. Why? Why? That seems strange. That they'd hired people. Uh, the ABC showrunner and his team to handle it. Meaning the J6 lawmakers were really just the presenters. Twitchy also suggested that the backpedaling would now begin. It added it must be really bad for Thompson to feign ignorance. Either he's lying or they really did a disservice to these hearings. The American people in this country. Well, of course they did. This was just shenanigans. This was kabuki theater. Other social media comments made clear many viewed Pelosi's uh, committee as nothing more than the means to a show trial. What is the point of a show trial if you have to consider the evidence, said one another, uh, said uh, one another added. To be fair, the committee was put in place to produce a, a pre-ordered outcome. They didn't need to be exposed to any evidence to roll out the playbook guilty verdict. The committee was shut down just weeks ago. Just as members of the GOP became the majority in the U.S. House, they also have promised congressional investigations of a long list of Democrat agendas items from recent years. Many observers viewed the committee as Pelosi's third attempt to impeach President Trump long after he was out of office. Her first two attempts to impeach him and remove him from office, of course, failed. But they appeared to hope that they could prevent him from ever running again for office by repeatedly labeling the riot that day as an insurrection and making Trump an insurrectionist. CNN reported that one of those GOP investigators now will target those members of Congress on Pelosi's committee. The report said Republicans in the House are beginning to plot multiple probes into the 2021 Capitol attack, including looking into the Democrat-led select committee actions from the last Congress, the security failures from that day, and potentially even the treatment of January 6th defendants. I think there's more to come, gang. We'll see. <laughs> But you never saw the security video? Why? 
I mean, they looked at some news clips. They looked at some video from the, from that day, but none of the security video. And they looked at edited clips or partial clips, but not the actual full-on thousands of hours, really, of security video. Or at least they, at least whoever was handling that didn't show it to them, or they didn't care. I don't know. It's, you know, two or three different uh, conclusions you can draw there. None of them really good. None of them really make sense. Then finally, there's this. If you're a parent, you'll uh, be kind of ticked off about this. <laughs> Not trying to ruin your day here. In fact, I've got something kind of funny I'm going to play for you at the end of the show to kind of lighten the mood here. Uh, nearly 6,000 public schools hide students' gender transition from parents being reported by Peter LaBarbera, WorldNet Daily. A parents' right group has published a list of 168 pro-transgender school districts serving more than 3 million students nationwide that have policies purposely, purposely hiding students' transitioning status from their parents in the name of gender affirmation, of course. The non-comprehensive list of school districts was created by Parents Defending Education, or PDE, based in right here in Virginia, and reveals the astonishing degree to which public school administrators, teachers, and support staff in so many jurisdictions are committed to advancing the youth transgender agenda, including using the latest woke lingo to describe the trans students' gender-expansive status. Gender-expansive. What does that mean? Um, in fact, there's uh, excerpts that were highlighted from the Gender Inclusive Schools procedures at uh, Anacorta School District, for example, in Washington State. It reads in part, quote, for parents who are not supportive or who are not aware of the student's gender transition in school, referring to their new uh, opposite sex transgender or whatever they felt they were that day. Name and opposite sex pronoun can be very dangerous. And they did a screenshot of the ASTPDF, uh, which again, again came courtesy parents offending education. At least 168 districts governing 5,904 schools nationwide have rules on the books that prevent faculty and staff from discussing to parents a student's gender status without the student's permission. In other words, you know what, parents? Who cares? You have no rights with your kid. Just We're not going to tell you anything. Just shut up. It's our secret. It's a secret between the student and the school. Okay, when you start keeping secrets from parents about their kids, that is almost always a big red flag. I would encourage you to go to the American Bar Association's website. They have a, an article, which I've read, about grooming. It came out in 2015. And it's this exact kind of stuff that the American Bar, that this particular article from the American Bar Association, or, or it's in the American Bar Association, it's on their website, it's you know their list of articles, you can pull it up, um, considers this, and most prosecutors consider this kind of junk, grooming. Grooming, and not in a good term. Not in a good way. Typical is the gender-affirming policy published by the uh, Anacortes School District in Washington State. Uh, PDE's president, Nicole Neely, told the Post the list is only, it's just, it just only begins to scratch the surface of what is taking place behind closed doors in America's schools. The investigation shows that parental exclusion policies are a problem from coast to coast and that living in a red state doesn't mean that families are automatically shielded from this issue, Nelly said. Or Dealey said, I should say. Without a doubt, there are hundreds, if not thousands, of others with similar policies on the books. We urge everyone to keep an eye out. Finally, I want to close with this. A little clip here from Senator Robert Kennedy. And uh, it can apply to what I just read. It can apply to almost anything. But just the guy has some funny, <laughs> you have to admit whether you like him or not, or whether you're Republican, Democrat, Libertarian, Independent, like myself. 
you got to kind of admit the guy's uh, the guy is comical. You ought to do a comedy routine. He should be a comedian. But here's uh, here's Senator Kennedy at his finest. Goat's milk latte drinking, avocado toast eating. Life is hard, but it's harder when you're stupid. Can I take cocaine with my spouse? No, sir. No, sir. I did not call Senator Sanders an ignorant slut. I'm not talking about buying it, but let's suppose I I came in one day and the cocaine was there. Uh, People who are... um her bilingual. They speak Eng- speak English and stupid. I don't know why we have to give money to countries that hate us. They should be able to hate us for free. Looks like we're giving Lindsay Lohan the keys to the mini bar. President Biden is sort of like um, Kevin Bacon at the end of uh, Animal House. The cantina bar scene out of Star Wars. They wanted it like Ben wants J-Lo. I'm like Bluto in Animal House. I'm just <laughs> fat, drunk, and, and, and stupid. Frankly, I can't because I can't get my head that far up my rear end. Just stick it up there, fact checker. They can kiss my <laughs> Somebody at the White House has been smoking the devil's lettuce, okay? We cannot run the greatest economy by putting fairy dust and unicorn urine in our cars. Urinate to get off the pot. My car doesn't run off fairy dust. My car doesn't run off unicorn urine. The spending porn on pet projects. It's just shock full of spending porn. There's an enormous amount of spending porn. Next time you get in trouble, call a crackhead. Call a criminal. Call a meth head. It must suck to be that dumb. I don't, I don't mean disrespect, but the mayor needs to take her meds. Christmas ornaments, drywall, and Jerry Epstein. Name three things that don't hang themselves. And uh, that's uh, Senator John Kennedy. On that note, be sure to take care of yourselves, take care of those that you love, and remember, God is love. See you next time.